Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome to Bink at Night, Jay Binkley with Julio Sanchez. What's up, Julio? What's going on, buddy? What's going on with you? Uh, you know, just eating free, uh, free Mexican food, tacos. Yo, it's a good day. Taquitos. It's a good day. Cigar de Mayo always right. brings out the uh, generosity in others. I'm here for it. I got uh, free lunch, free dinner. Anything other else you were planning to do on uh, yeah. Cigar de Mayo? Yeah, actually, it's uh, it's my sister's birthday. Happy uh, Happy birthday, Cherie! And uh, we're gonna go grab some drinks after this. So, yeah, nice little Cinco de Mayo for you then. It is. It always is. Oh, man. What about you? You going to have a couple beers after this? No. You know what? Um, a lot of the celebrating uh, went on today. A lot of the tacos uh, here today at work, of course, like you're having here. And I got to work look, pretty early tomorrow. <laughs> Do a uh, festival in the morning, you. tomorrow morning. So it'll probably be pretty quick, you know. Go in, get your rest, because that show comes at you really early, if you know what I'm saying. 6 a.m. start comes uh very early. It comes in early, early, but you're done early. So that's the good news of the whole situation. Yeah, but uh, that also means you got to go to bed pretty early the uh, the night before. Kind of <laughs> kills your night. Mark Ross of NFL Network will join us in just a little bit at about uh, 6.15. So looking forward to talking to him. He loves the Chiefs draft, by the way. Like Mark Ross, I've had him on several times, won a couple rings in the Giants front office. He's a talent, talent evaluator. I mean, and he worked at the though? NFL level. So, I mean, you know, we can have a million talking heads on like we do. But getting someone that worked at NFL for an office, a little bit different. Well, you know, when you, when Bink calls, you answer. I hope so. It's not always the case. But uh, I'm always hoping for that. You know, if I'm going to make the phone call, you know, I at least hope you're going to answer. I will. Or at least I I'll will. leave a message. You know what I'm saying, Leo? Uh, no one leaves messages anymore, Bink. But no Royals again Text. today. And I get some feedback that, about that, our conversation okay last night. I get some feedback about our conversation last night. Really? The five things that uh, okay. we think is, is hurting attendance, right? Yeah. Not being being out of sight, out of mind. And I got some feedback on that today. Okay. Look, I can't watch them every day. My kid can't watch and be engrossed and, you know, become the fan of XYZ player because he can't see him play every day. And I said, I get it. Then the juice ball's not helping, you know, the ball leave the yard and stuff, and you get these impressions on certain players. And they're used to watching the Royals every single night, so I think those factors came into it. Didn't really hear from anybody that uh, didn't like the apps and things like that. I didn't 
talked to anybody in that category. But you're like, hey, the Royals off again tonight. And I said, yeah, yeah, the Royals are off again tonight. They'll travel on a road trip starting tomorrow. But, you know, they played in the afternoon yesterday. They played a lot of afternoon games. They have played a ton of afternoon games. Doesn't make any sense to me, but sure. A lot of afternoon games, and they uh, have a day off today. And hopefully regroup before a very important uh, road trip. <laughs> they need it. I mean, everything's important. I mean, they're two and six on the road. I mean, they haven't played well at home, but they haven't. They've specifically haven't played well on the road, and they need to beat somebody besides teams in the uh, Central Division. I'll say this though: Grinky and Keller are good pitchers for them. They they have been solid. They've given them opportunity, but they have to get the bats to, to to you know square oh, up and go around. Horrendous, Grinky. Yeah, get, was it eight or eight runs in the last five games? Yeah. You got to give him run support. Yeah, I mean he's got to be incredibly frustrated. Remember, he's chasing three hundred wins. Yeah, but don't you think a certain I don't think he cares. Of, but yeah, I was gonna say so. He signed up for it when <laughs> when he came to this team, right? Yeah, I mean, well, you hope that with the offense and the direction it was going, maybe it looks a little bit different. Maybe they'll get some runs across the board. But you know, needless to say, I'm with you. It, it does. Uh, people don't like that price, by the way. What's up? That uh, Bally's price no. we were talking about, the no. $20 a month, $189 for the year because they were looking at all their st- other streaming services. You know, they're paying Hulu or YouTube, YouTube TV. Uh, maybe they got some Peacock mixed in there. Maybe they have ESPN Plus. And you start up adding all these things, nickel and dime, and all of a sudden you're at the same rate a cable company would charge you. Well, again, if, if the Royals were winning – I think people would be more apt to to pay that amount, but it's not been good this season, and I don't blame people for not wanting to pay that. I'm going to give some exciting numbers. This dead ball's not hurting, helping anything, and some of the stars of the team aren't hitting. Yeah. Now, Bobby's starting to come around and hit, and that's exciting. Uh, I mean, he's been... He had 11-game hitting streak. I was going to say, it's not like he's had a terrible start to the season. I mean, he's been, he's un- unfortunately or fortunately, been kind of a bright spot thus far. A very turbulent beginning to the season. Well, some uh, other good news has been released. Uh, I've got some more new data on the NFL schedule release. Throw some more. You're gonna. I'm gonna get into it here a little bit. I'm gonna get here a little bit, but it's May 9th, May 10th, May 11th, and May 12th. As far as the one games trickling out, and I'll tell you which networks you can watch it. And another network, big network, is hopping on to show the schedule release. At the same time, this thing's going to be on two bad boys. Um, actually, three big-time stations, the schedule release party on the 12th, if all, this, all the schedules haven't leaked out yet. I, I wish the, the listeners could see the smile on your face right now as you say that. Oh, it's going to be fun. Why you are this excited about a schedule well, I, release? I got excited yesterday. Out. You know, even with a non-answer from Brev Each. Yeah. You know, what's the comparison for George Karloftis? He didn't have one. You know, my favorite comparison of Bobby Wood Jr. is from Dan O'Dowd, the former executive, former GM for the Rockies. We said, I don't like making comparisons, but I think guys are going to be compared to him. I thought that was like kind of one of those mock, drop the mic type it's moments. Clever. Like, you know what? We're not going to compare him, but we're going to compare people to him. I, I like think Mahomes that. can be thrown in that category as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Tom Brady could put throw, throw in that category. He's not being compared to anybody. Early on, it was Joe Montana with him, and now all of a sudden it's just Tom Brady. His own category. You know, Peyton Manning was kind of in his own category as well. So you can be in your own category. Perfect. And then Sky Moore from Brett Veach was Stephon Diggs. That's who he kind of compared him to. I like it. And Jeff Brom, I had him on this weekend, the coach, and I asked him, I said, hey, man, he kind of reminds me of George uh, or Max Crosby. 
George Karloftis does. But here was uh, Tim Lester. He joined uh, CDOT as well, and he was on with him just a few minutes ago. And he gave this comparison, and he brought up this same guy when I had him, had him on last weekend, and it makes a little bit of sense. Uh, and maybe it's because he came from our league, you know, and because he was an ex-quarterback. I think of Edelman. I mean, he, he is like Edelman. He is super smart. You, you move him around. He's good enough to play outside. Uh, but if you get him inside and put him on a linebacker, it's it's a wrap, you know. And and watching, uh, he went to Kent State and uh, in our league, and then obviously he's had a great NFL career. But uh, he's the one that you know that I think he's probably top end faster than Edelman. Uh, but as far as the, the different things you can do with him and the way he sees the field and the way he gets like another coach out there, and uh, yes, he's probably designed to be in the slot, but he's he's big enough to play outside when you want him to be outside. So. Uh, he, you know, that that's the guy that I think about because we, we used him like that. We moved him all over. I mean, the reason we got him all those catches is we put him on. We always gave him good matchup because if we put him on one side, he was going to be double teamed. And so we, we ended up moving him on most plays and then trying to get him good matchups. And he brought that up before. Edelman played quarterback at Kent State. That's what he was. And then when we got the Patriots, he started playing wide receiver. But he's 5'10", 198. Sky Moore right now is 5'10", 195. But he likes that Edelman comparison, maybe the pro Edelman. But Sky Moore was a quarterback when he went to Western Michigan. If he lives up to anything as far as reaching what Julian Edelman was, it's a, it's a, a, a I mean, success. If they have a Julian Edelman, it's that's a success, right? You know, I mean, sure handed guy. Yeah. Sure handed guy that caught everything in a game changer and could be one of the Move leading chains. receivers of the National Football League. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty high praise. And that's from that his coach. That's from his coach at Western Michigan. And we'll talk to Mark Ross, who, by the way, is all over Sky Moore. Like that is that is his favorite guy in the draft. Now he said this before on NFL Network. We'll see if he still, you know, holds to that. And last night, Julio, you and I looked at the top three, but you had Reuter as far as top three in each round. Top three players, and the Chiefs had three guys for three different rounds. They were the favorite, and Karloftis, Sky Moore, and uh, and Darian Kennard, the offensive linemen. So three guys were in that list. But now you're starting to see, you know, proof of all focus list. They're all, you know, taking their time sitting back and trying to evaluate the draft, which we all know you can't till the end of the year. Yeah. Like, I'm interested right now in people that want to go back and grade last year's. You can't find as much information on that. I did see where NFL Network or something had the Chiefs gave them an A from last year, which is great because, you know, They've had six picks total on the dot. Six picks on the dot the last five years before this year where they picked 10. But it was six for five straight years. They got three starters after out of that six last year, which is 50% rate. You're hitting that. It's you're doing mark, some damage right? in the draft. It's a high mark, 50%. Yeah, especially in a COVID year. We yeah. couldn't really grade these guys because the combine was non-existent last year. They didn't do it. There was no comp picks the last couple of years, so who you got in the draft is who you got. But I think that's the most fair when you go back and look at it. Like, Legereus Steen's not a fourth-rounder right now. He's probably a first-rounder. Oh, 100%. You know, last year, Creed Humphrey's a first-rounder. Trey Smith is a first-rounder. Trey Smith, probably borderline first-rounder, top of the second, probably a first-rounder. When you can have that guy that's going to start in this league for 10-plus years, that's a first-rounder. Because Trey Smith's going to be no stranger to the Pro Bowl. 
He's going to be no stranger to the all-pro list. That's just who he is. Yeah. And he's a steal. And hopefully Darian Kennard, same chip on the shoulder. I should have gone a lot higher in the draft. He sits there on that same. That's a whole bunch of nasty sitting next to each other. That is two guys that like to put you in the ground. Top uh, top five offensive line? They're getting there. For the Chiefs this They're year? They're getting there. I think, I think as the right. years go on, even next year and the year after, you look at the Chiefs line, they'll be like, look at these guys. I mean, oh. this is no longer the line that played against the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. No, and this is a this is unlike an offensive line that we've seen for the Chiefs for a while, being they, the physicality portion of it. They actually strike fear in their opponents. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, because these guys want to bury you, and they enjoy pancaking you. Yeah. It's like they have a bunch of Coletio Similes because he's the closest guy, even though he didn't play here long until he got hurt. But yeah, that, that attitude that he were, I remember it was Trez Paler and his favorite guy. I, I was so like, excited. When, we used to talk about KO all the here. time. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we en- really enjoyed him playing. But anyway, coming up next, Mark Ross, NFL Network, joins us live. We'll talk to him about the Chiefs draft. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Big at Night, right here on the home of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Pleased to be joined by, well, friend of the show, and gives us that front office perspective, Mark Ross. Two Super Bowl rings he has from the Giants, the NFL Network analyst. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mark, that's what they see, Mark Ross. Mark joins us now. Mark, good evening. Hey, how you doing, Jake? Hey, we're doing good, my friend. It is good talking to you. This is the perfect time of year to talk to you. I value your opinion. I know that you were very high on the Kansas City Chiefs draft, and not only that, because uh, you were really high on Sky Moore as well. Yeah, man, that was my guy. I've been saying for months that he was my favorite player in the draft, and I don't think there was a better place for him to land than with KC and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, so... That really lit it up for me when they took him. But, yeah, just the draft as a whole, I thought Kansas City, Brett Beach, and he did an outstanding job of getting excellent football players. But the value and maneuvering around the board and just really getting tough physical football players up front as well with some of the players there and, and skilled players, skill, you know, just playmaking skilled guys and just tough, tough physical dudes in the front seven and, and the O-line. Well, he's probably a guy that you would have taken as well when you were in the front office, but he goes 54. I do these mock drafts. I had him going in the first round uh, to the Chiefs, and I know Pro Football Focus put him as the 22nd best player. Um, I feel they got a steal. A lot of uh, analysts around the country feel it's a steal as well. His coach, Tim Lester, came on on our station, and he compared him twice to Julian Edelman. Same size, even though Edelman was a quarterback at Kent State, but the same type of uh, hands. Both of them have excellent hands. Both of them, I guess Sky Moore was a former quarterback, even though he was wide receiver at Western Michigan. But do you see that comparison, or is there somebody else you're thinking of when you see him play? That didn't really jump off at me. Sometimes when I watch guys, you know, a natural, hey, this guy reminds me of someone. But, yeah, I didn't really, for him, that didn't really jump off for me of, of different comparisons. It's just, I, I was really confused when I first watched him. I thought I was just going to throw on a guy at Western Michigan, okay, let me get through this guy and, <laughs> and move on to the next. It was really, but then once it's like, wow, this guy can play. 
And his routes, his hands, his feel for the game, his competitiveness, his run after catch, you'll see that. Just the, you know, guy's a thickly built guy. The number of tackles he breaks after the catch is just, I, I was really confused, like what I was missing. And this was months ago when I watched it, where he was nowhere on the radar of anything. And uh, just that, like, this guy is, yeah, first round talent, a playmaking starter in the league. So, I think teams will be KC fans are going to be really happy with what they get with Sky Moore because when I looked at him and his skill set compared to even guys in the, that went in the first round, to me he was right up there with those guys. And and some of the things he did, I thought were some his routes and hands are the maybe the best in the entire draft. Well, he had some ridiculous numbers, very good numbers at Western Michigan. But sometimes it's about projecting somebody to be great, like Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills. He didn't have, you know, really good numbers in Wyoming his last year, like 1,800 yards passing, 2.2 yards rushing. So how many times, because I know that colleges oftentimes look at high school players and they consider the system that they're in, and that's why some of their numbers aren't, aren't great. Maybe they're a passing quarterback, but they run all the time. When you're in the front office, how much of guys do you look at as projecting? we think we can take this guy to the next level, or maybe you think somebody hit their ceiling, but how much goes into that when selecting players? Well, there's definitely that bit of where players come from and, and what they do, but even when the guys, for us, or for me, it was their kind of natural ability that had to sort of get developed or their technique that had to be developed, but I never, like, productive NFL players were productive college players. And if you look at that, you know, not all productive college players are trying to be productive NFL players, but if you look at the great players in the NFL, they were, they were pretty good, despite some deficiencies maybe in technique or, or hadn't played a lot. But they, when you watch the film and you put them on there, they made a difference. And then when you watch Sky Moore, he, he made a difference. He was productive stat-wise. But, again, sometimes stats don't lead you in the right direction. Some guys can have manufactured stats, especially wide receivers with those wide-open offenses. But he was Western Michigan's offense. <laughs> It'd be yeah. really that, that guy was the offense, and they, everybody knew it, and they designed things to, to stop him. And they, he just – he got – you want man coverage? Uh, let me beat that. You got press? Let me beat that. You got some zone? I want to run through that and, and find open spots. So he was one of those players that, you know, no one's really ready, ready-made to play in the NFL, but – he is that when you watch him play that he just kind of has a pro feel to his game and the, the mindset, the intelligence that just, it, I don't think anything will phase him and he'll be ready to go from day one. Talking to NFL network analyst, Mark Ross, who's a former front office guy in the NFL, a couple of Super Bowl rings uh, to his credit. And Mark, uh, a lot of people, you know, looked at the chiefs and said, okay, they're going to trade up for a wide receiver. And oftentimes GMs give complete smoke screens but Veach didn't, and he hasn't the last couple of years, and it's interesting. I went back and listened to the things he said uh, before the draft, and he said, listen, we have 16, 18 first-round grades on people. If our guy slips to 19, 20, or 21, we could leap up and get said guy. Well, they did exactly that with Trent McDuffie. Um, he was falling. I mean, he was looking at about, about 16th in the draft. They're able to get him at 21st, one of the top corners, in the NFL draft, and they traded with the Patriots and pounced. And is that kind of how things work, Mark? You guys have certain guys you get first-round grades, and if somebody gets to a certain point, that's when you make your move? 
Yeah, I think people were kind of confused when, when Brett said that at first, that we only had 18 guys graded yeah. in the first round, and people didn't quite understand what that means. Yes, you, you, not every, you don't give 32, just flat out give 32 first-round grades because you want those guys to really earn it to say who are our top playmakers and who are the elite players that should be bona fide, without a doubt, first-round talent. So that's what he meant by that, not just, oh, well, if we get to 32, we're not taking a first-round player. But, yes, for them, obviously, they had their eye. They were you, you have draft meetings for a month, and then really leading up that week of the draft where you're really honing in on, okay, who do we go get? Where do they have to get to before we start targeting and say, let's go get this certain player? So I guarantee you during the draft meetings and discussions with Brett and Andy and, and the higher-ups that, all right, well, here's our group of guys that we know if they get to a certain point, we're going to go get this, get one of these players. So obviously Trent McDuffie was one of those players that they had extremely high that they felt, okay, now he's reached a certain range. We have to do all we can to go get him. And I, I thought it was just an outstanding value to get Trent there. I talked about Sky Moore. Trent McDuffie is very similar in that when you watch him play, the guy plays like he knows how to play football and has been playing football, and there's nothing that's going to phase him or intimidate him. He just has an outstanding feel for the game. He's an excellent athlete. Uh, so it, it, he was just – they're very similar to me in that the maturity, the intelligence, the feel for the game, that just can't be taught. And both of those guys, Sky and Trent McDuffie, kind of have that. And Karloff is another one of those guys, uh, Mark. You know, he, he was weird because I saw him, you know, mocked anywhere from 12 to 40. And, you know, late first round or early first round, I mean, not mid to, mid to early first round, but Karloftis, I think, was 10th on Pro Football Focus's big board. He ends up going 30 to the Chiefs. I know a lot of Chiefs fans really excited about uh, what he can bring, a guy that really hadn't played a ton of football coming over from Greece. Yeah, and that's a guy, as you mentioned earlier, talked about, okay, the development of it, the guy who's really developmental, okay, has not played a lot of football. So we're thinking, okay, he's this good right now with this limited background. How much better can he be based off of what his natural skill set is? And that's what you're really trying to get out of a George Karloftis. And I thought at 30 was the perfect spot for him. I, you know, I saw some of it where he was, as you mentioned, top 10 and all that. I didn't think he was that kind of talent, but he was more so – where you're getting him there, and that's the perfect spot where where you use him. And I, I kind of group him in with, we'll talk about it, I don't know if we'll get to Julio Chanel and Kennard and even Brian Cook, where some of the most physical people in the draft, and I talked to Andy, we interviewed him on the network after the draft, it was that, you know, did you guys just intensely go in and say, like, we just got to get much, much more physical because when you're grouping those those players together, Man, those are some physical, physical players. Well, you bring up Leo Chanel, and here's a guy that led Wisconsin in sacks, and he was at the inside linebacker position. So not only, not only did Karloftis can blitz around the edge, but, you know, Leo Chanel, I mean, he had numbers that we haven't seen from linebackers. I think three since 1987 that tested out like him. And Darian Kennard, you know, this guy won the best blocking award in the SEC. 30 pancakes gave up one sack at 350. I think he's got a great chance to start on this offensive line. But you're right. Not only do they draft players, they draft the physical players. Yeah, and Leo was another one when I watched him where I'm saying, well, what's wrong with this guy? Because he, I mean, this guy just produces. I mean, he gets after the quarterback. He's always around the ball. He is strong. He plays hard. And, you, you know, the, 
the big knock kind of he always is coming forward. That's what he does best. But you know, use use players to their skill set. Use them to what they do well. Don't say, well, he can't do this. Well, this is what he does, and he gets after the quarterback, and that's the value that in the NFL that you really want to have is guys that get after the quarterback. So Leo Chanel does it in a different way. We think of, oh, well, edge rushers, but – you know, do you put this guy in the middle or blitzing and, you know, he really comes forward and is strong and tough and physical and I think really surprised a lot of people at the combine the way he worked out. So I, I think this guy is, is going to bring an attitude and production to that defense. Mark, I also see that uh, you've added another title. Uh, looks like you're going <laughs> to – well, I mean, I, I love the XFL. I'm very excited about it. I like uh, I liked it the first time and I definitely liked it the second time. And I'm going to like it this time, too. But you're working as, what, the executive vice president uh, for the XFL when it starts next year? Yeah, I've been doing that for the past five or six months or so, the executive vice president of football operations. So it's just exciting just building out a football league. And this time under new ownership, under Dwayne Johnson and Danny Garcia and Redbird Capital, with work, work, they're doing it the right way. And they have so much passion for the project and they're, they're everything they've done in their lives has been, you know, I own some people gold is titanium. And, and so this is, this is one of those things where they're trying to build it out the right way. We're trying to build it out the right way, but they really have their passion into it where they're going to make this work. And we're excited about it. I'm excited about it. We've got a lot of good projects going on and hired our head coaches a couple weeks ago, some big names there with the Heinz Wards and the Rod Woodson's of the world. So, uh, we're we're excited about getting it going in February 2023. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I absolutely love it. So any kind of football we can get in the springtime, sign me up for that, Mark. But uh, you can follow Mark on Twitter, at Mark Ross. That's Mark with a C, NFL Network Analyst. Mark, I enjoyed your draft coverage. I enjoy watching you on the network. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us. Sure, Jay. Anytime. There you go, Mark Ross okay, right there. There you go. Take care right there. A couple Super Bowl rings for him. I always like talking to Mark Ross, and I've told you, man, he's all over this Chiefs draft. He likes Sky Moore as good as, as well as anybody. He was his favorite player in the draft. So, so the Chiefs we've seen a lot of it. that, man. We've seen a lot of that. We have. I, I don't think I've seen one one bad review of uh, of the Chiefs draft this year, right? I mean, Sky Moore continues to be a guy people like, well, and maybe he doesn't have that four two eight speed, that four three speed, but four four one is not slow. Let's hope he lives up to expectation then. I hope that's the I hope, brother. I hope. We come back. We'll talk a little bit about what Mark Ross said. Plus, uh, NFL.com put together their 10 best games for next season. Of course, some of these are going to end up on primetime TV. I'll let you know where the Chiefs finished in that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big and IJ Binkley, Julio Sanchez. Go to Mark Ross, NFL Network, joined us a minute ago. Talked about the physicality. Chiefs got some bad dudes, man. They do. I like it. They get some bad dudes. You got to be bad in the NFL, right? And I don't mean bad in a bad way. I mean bad in a good way. Yeah, no more of this finesse stuff, right? I want some maulers. I think they really started to be that last year, you know? Because they've always had some bad dudes on their team. I mean, you don't want a Super Bowl without being, you know, bad dudes. I mean, Mahomes is a cutthroat guy. But they, uh, and Kelsey, you know, but they, you know, because of the offense and everything, they've been called finesse 
for a long time, and that's a natural, you know, reaction or something you say about teams that you know score like the Chiefs do. But Melvin Ingram brought an attitude on defense, and they drafted attitude on defense. Because let me tell you what, Karloftis and Leo Chanel have attitudes. Trey McDuffie kind of does too, and Brian Cook definitely does. They they definitely went into this draft looking for a certain type of player especially on defense. I mean, Sky Moore probably is not going to bring that that attitude, but Darian Kennard, the offensive lineman, does. Yeah. But I don't know if you want that from your from all your wide receivers. They got a couple of those guys in Juju and MVS. Blockers. I don't know if you remember uh, Juju laying out Vontez Perfect a couple years ago with the Bengals. That was beautiful. Because they well, always had a little back well and forth between the Bengals and Steelers. Yep. And Vontez is always a guy that... Uh, Hit people late or whatever. He's, He's always getting in trouble. But, shots. but Juju yeah. took him out. Yep. And uh, I mean, laid him out. Completely laid him out. <laughs> Knocked him out. I don't yeah. think he saw him coming. Yeah. So I get to throw that in there too. But uh, they definitely brought some physicality of what they did in the offseason. I think that's been the the mark of the offseasons. Been physicality with the Chiefs. NFL.com put out the uh, top 10 games of the season. In some of these, you're going to look at Julio and say, Come on, there's better games than this. And I would agree with you on a lot of points. Because number 10, they put the Jags and Jets. Now, on the surface, you may say, what's going on here? But Trevor Lawrence's second year, Doug Peterson's there as coach. The Jets had a great draft. I mean, you look at the first round, they got Sauce Gardner and and, uh, Jermaine Johnson and Garrett Wilson. They draft Brees Hall, too. So arguably the best corner the best wide receiver and the best running back end of the Jets. I'll give them that. Although I would put the Chiefs and Broncos or any of the Chiefs Chargers games in. Well, to be fair, they also had two top ten picks. So. And I think they really like storylines here. Cleveland Browns at Houston Texans. And you say, why would any game that the Houston Texans in be considered a great game at all? It's a good question. Well, it's Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson back at Houston. That's what makes this game interesting. All right. You see what I'm saying? Guess, you see, guess, they're, yeah. they're looking for storylines, man. Wait, do we know what? Do we know where in the season they're going to be playing at? No, because, because if the, it's, the if schedule's it's, not released. Right. So. so if it's at the beginning of the season, most likely he's not going to be playing. Right. I think that's pretty may, safe assumption. He may. We don't know. You don't think like, he's going to get suspended at all? Maybe. We don't know yet. We don't? I have a feeling they'll put this towards the end of the season. But, but then again, is it going to matter if Houston's like going seven? Yeah. Even if Deshaun Watson's playing, is it going to matter that they're 0-7? It'll matter. It was too big of a story. It'll still matter. Okay. Number eight, Dolphins at Niners. Okay. Mm, this is a stretch because Mike McDaniel why? comes over from the 49ers to the Dolphins. No. Dolphins have some talent. Listen, you get Tyreek Hill. Debo appears to be happy at this point. He added the 49ers back as a team he likes. But I think there's much better games in the NFL than this one Agreed. to be number eight. Yeah. Number seven, Ravens at the Bengals. It's a good rivalry. It's a rivalry. The NFC North, a tough division. Yeah. Because there were the Ravens, and there's the new kids on the block, the Bengals. And it's you got Joe rivalry. Burrow against the former MVP, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. If the Ravens, because the Ravens finished last place, but we know the injuries hit them worse than any team in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good physical game to watch. Number six, the Rams and the Buccaneers. So you've got the last two Super Bowl champions. Yeah. You get Stafford. Versus Brady. And that's always going to be an attractive matchup. Uh, number five, Chargers at the Raiders. 
That seems a little high to me. I mean, they mean the Chargers brought in J.C. Jackson, Khalil Max there, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones with the Raiders. I get it, but there was a fun playoff. Not a playoff game, but a game to decide the playoffs at the end of the year. Hey, who won that game? Uh, The Raiders. Yeah. Because the Chargers keep going forward on fourth down. Yeah. And it came back to bite them. Number four, Green Bay Packers at Buffalo Bills. I'll take that. It's some of the highest Super Bowl odds. The Buffalo Bills are the number one team in Super Bowl odds in the National Football League. Green Bay is like number four. No, the Bills. Okay. No, no, but the Packers are up there. I'm 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 kind of surprised. They're like number four, I think. And that's including after this crappy draft. (laughs) Was crappy for them. Some people gave it an A. not so Uh, much. They stacked up on defense, but they did not help their offense any really. I mean, what was it? Peter King. Um Peter King didn't like their uh, their draft as far as uh, um, you know what's uh, how would Aaron Rodgers feel about it? I don't think he cares. That's what Peter King said about it. How do you think Rodgers feels after what the Packers did in this draft? I doubt he's very happy, but I don't know. I can, I shouldn't be putting my words in his mouth. But I if I were him, I wouldn't be very happy about it. Look, the Detroit Lions went from 32 to 12 to take one of the franchise receivers in this draft. The Green Bay Packers had the 22nd pick in this draft. Look, I'm just telling you, the Green Bay Packers had more draft capital to spend on a franchise receiver. I haven't really killed Brian Gutekunst in the past about what he's done, but this year they were set up after the Devontae Adams trade. They were set up. Yeah to go out and have the draft capital to go get a wide receiver. And they brought in Kirsten Watson. But still, it's not who they were looking for in the first round. Because they go Devontae Wyatt in the first round. They go two defensive players in the first round out of Georgia. So I mean, I'm, I'm kind of over this, uh, not to be on my high horse with this, but the Packers are who they are. This is the way they draft. They paid Aaron Rodgers his money to basically shut up and go away. And you know he's he not going to say a damn thing because yeah. of what he's getting paid. This is this is how they do business. I don't know why. I went Quay Walker. To be I thought that was kind of a reach too. Yeah. But again, this is what they do. This is that's who they what, are. That's how they, they draft. Do. And they always make it to the end every year. Yeah. This year they didn't make it. But the last two years before that, they made the NFC title game. But they did lose Devontae Adams. They lost MVS. And, and you know what? They they put Aaron Rodgers in a position to succeed, and he flops in the playoffs every year. Well, I just what do you, you what, know? What can you ask? He's him? not going to complain because He's of how much of money, money he made. Yeah, so you're not <laughs> hearing that from him. All right. So then you look at so that was number four. Number three, Chiefs at the Bucks. Yeah. So you get Tom Brady and Mahomes has beaten him in the regular season, but he's never beaten him in the postseason. Remember, he beat the Bucs in the regular season. He's beaten the Patriots with Tom in the regular season, but he lost that. He's two and three against him. He lost that playoff game in Kansas City, UFC title game, and he lost the Super Bowl. So they're all bad memories, Bank. So Mahomes versus Tom. Number two, Denver at Seattle. You may say, what the hell? Oh, but again, it's, it's Russell no. Wilson versus old team, the Seahawks. The, the again, Seahawks this, are this, terrible, this goes by storylines. I'm just telling you. It's going by storylines. Again, I think any Chiefs Chargers game, anything else is better than I'll this. I'll take any AFC game over that. AFC West is loaded. So, yeah, I think the AFC West is attractive. So, the Chiefs showed up at number three, and they showed up at number one. The Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Because like that it. was the best game in the National Football League last year. This is becoming the rivalry everybody wants. Yep. This was Mahomes being the Grim Reaper, remember? 
Oh, Andy telling him, hey, go out there and just be the Grim Reaper. So much so that you dress like a Grim Reaper when you went out to the playoff game. You want my shirt? I have a free shirt for you. You had the cape, the shirt, and the axe. I have a free shirt if you want it. So you did have the shirt, but not the axe. I did. Yeah, I just I just had the shirt. But people were dressed up like the Grim Reaper, they, though, they weren't were, they? They were, and then that, that went away very quickly. That would have become such a legend had it they would've. gone on and won the Super Bowl. Or at least... Made it to the Super Bowl, I'd that, say. That would be like a top three moment in Chiefs history. 100%. 65 to- toss power trap. Do we have time to run Wasp in 13 seconds? Agreed. And they still talk about 13 seconds of Buffalo. I'll bring on a Buffalo Bills guy here at 730 because they're the Super Bowl favorites. I want to know what they think of their draft because I wasn't wild about the Buffalo Bills draft. Yeah, mediocre. And they are the Super Bowl favorites. It's the Bills. At uh, the Bills are the odds on it, plus 700. The Bucks plus 800. Chiefs plus 900. Packers plus 1,100. I like that uh, the Chiefs are still up there. Yeah, and they're right there. I mean, Vegas with Tyreek Hill without him, they, they're, they haven't moved. Yeah. I think the NFL likes the depth they have. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, again, this was storyline loaded. And you understand where they're going. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But it's still the Houston Texans, and that is not – I don't care if Deshaun Watson's playing that game or not. It doesn't matter. No. It's still the Browns and the Texans. And in in the in the Broncos and the Seahawks, I mean, we don't even know if Drew Locke's gonna start for the Seahawks at that point. We have no idea which direction they're gonna go. It looks like that's gonna be the game, but Seahawks are a dumpster fire. But Russell Wilson versus the Seahawks will be the old sob story. But still, I think the Broncos Chiefs deserves to be in there because I think that's going to be fun. They haven't beat the Chiefs since 2015. That's justification for them to win. Any any AFC West matchup should be in there. I mean, really. I mean, right? This is by far the best. The AFC West is the best by far of any other division. Or the NFC North minus the Steelers. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. The Browns got better with Deshaun. Joe Burrow's in that division. You know, and Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's three quality quarterbacks out of that. Then there's Mitch Trubisky. And the AFC West has got Mahomes, Wilson, and Herbert. Better quarterbacks, and Derek Carr is better than so Trubisky. So you're going to throw Derek Carr in there? He's much better than Trubisky. He just is. He, I mean, yeah, no, he, he is. And he's got Devontae Adams. The, his, their last year at Fresno State. Devontae caught 131 passes and 24 touchdowns the last time Derek Carr played with Devontae Adams. Yeah, they have a potential for an elite offense. So laugh at him all we want, but when Dave, Devontae Adams was with Derek Carr at Fresno State, they dominated. They made the playoffs last year, Bank. I don't I know, know why everyone continues to I know. poo-poo it's them. It's a playoff team. They're a playoff team. And they got a chip on their shoulder. As far as what they were, uh, eight and a half wins on the over-under wins, they're plus 5,000 to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, the Bengals are getting disrespected too. Are they, uh, are we thinking they're a flash in the pan? Plus twenty two hundred. Uh, that's almost disrespectful. The the Browns have better Super Bowl odds than the. That's Bengals disrespectful. Do. That's disrespectful. And the Cowboys, they can't get out of their own, own way in the postseason. Oh, they're a hot mess too. Oh. If they can even make the postseason. Plenty more of this to come up, uh, but coming up next, the latest on Missouri sports gambling since Kansas passed that. What's Missouri doing? We'll fill you in next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 
see we're already back. We didn't leave you long. That was a that was a pretty quick turnaround, was it not? We'd leave you long, man. We'd leave you long That's at right. all. All right. Those of you who changed the uh, station, turn it back. It's our goal. Right. Don't go anywhere, right? Hundred percent our goal. Well, Kansas could have sports gambling now, right? So it means that you and I have to drive across the state line, and boom, you can do it legally, right? I mean, do it any way you want, but if you want to do it legally, which I recommend, you can do it. Alex Gold's been all over this. I don't know if you've been following his updates. I have. But he's been uh, talking to politicians. He's been telling you everything that's going on. He was even in Topeka when it passed in Kansas till what, 2, 3 in the morning? Something like that. And it's not exactly riveting time. <laughs> but he went there. Because he likes sports wagering, he's been the guy all over it. He's the, he's our BetQL guy, right? Yeah, but he's got an, he's got uh, the last report here on Missouri because Missouri's sitting there, all right. It puts emergency when Kansas passes it. It puts a lot of urgency when Kansas goes ahead and passes it. Here's Alex Gold on the latest in Missouri. Hey, how's it going, guys? Wanted to hop on just for a minute or so here to update uh, the state of Missouri sports wagering bill. We know last week uh, it was all but dead after uh, a filibuster and a holdup when it came to those video lottery terminals. Uh, And it looks like there's been some progress here uh, now with about eight days or so until the end of this legislative session in 2022. Uh, It centered around a conversation or conversations that Representative Dan Houks and Senator Denny Hoskins have been having over the last 48 hours or so and other parties uh, when it comes to how to to maybe find a compromise here. And late last night, there was a, a bill that was being discussed And then an amendment that Denny Hoskins brought forward uh, that would bump up the tax rate uh, to 15 percent from that eight or 10 percent. It would not have any focus on those video lottery terminals, which, again, had really been the hold up the last couple of years in the state of Missouri. It also would increase the license fees for casinos when if to order to get a license in the state of Missouri. Uh, from $100,000 to $1.25 million, also uh, a hike on the uh, skins, uh, the, the, the price there to pay for the, the second and third skins for these operators. Uh, that amendment late last night uh, was later withdrawn by Denny Hoskins with some, some pushback, some opposition from a couple different parties, including uh, Senator Bill White, uh, who spoke about the impact he believes it has on uh, the economy and uh, those in the state of Missouri. So that amendment has been withdrawn, but it still seems as though there's some progress in conversations on this. The other part of that amendment would still allow uh, parlay games. Uh, by the Missouri Lottery. So those would be anywhere, you know, your Powerball, your scratcher ticket, wherever is sold by the Missouri Lottery, you would be able to go in there and place parlay bets, just parlay bets that's run through the Missouri Lottery that would be completely separate from any mobile app that you would use. Um, and so we'll see. Obviously, there's there's some pushback still on that, but it does appear there's been some compromise, and that usually is a good sign here in the final eight days or so. So we are still a long ways away, but continue to keep you updated on sports wagering Missouri, which is not entirely dead yet. So here's the thing. As we sit right now, this is Stations of Kansas. You live in Missouri. I live in Missouri. It would obviously be easier to do it there, but you can do it here. Because as long as you're within the borders, the old location on the phone, you're fine to go. So technically, we'd be fine either way. So passes in Missouri, okay, great. But I'd love to be able to go to the casino because I know there's Hollywood Casino and everything else over in Kansas, but Missouri's loaded with them. It's true. You get Argosy and Bally's and Harris and Maristar. You've got a lot of others. 
It's a lot of lost revenue, my man. Yeah, I mean, because last thing they want is everybody going over to Kansas and spending money. Because right now people are driving up to Iowa or down to Arkansas, buying fuel, getting hotel rooms, buying dinner, and spending money in those states. With Kansas now, Missourians drive over, probably grab something to eat, maybe grab some fuel, maybe spend some money over in Kansas, and they're losing lost revenue for the citizens of the state. This is why people don't like politics. Well, I'm just saying, it's kind of getting in the way of Shouldn't money. Shouldn't be this difficult. But they like money, right? Of a process. I mean, this just kind of helps everything Apparently out. Apparently not. Apparently they don't like money, though. The thing is, it's legal. I mean, the Supreme Court of the United States is legal. Yeah, so figure it out. Figure it out. I mean, that was the big hurdle, and they said do it. And a lot of states are doing it. What a, what a surprise. Uh, Midwest states kind of slow to uh, to take well, on Kansas this progressive type movement. So Kansas is doing it. It's you important because hey, when it comes down to Chiefs deciding where they're going to go, they're going to go where there's gambling. That's the part that concerns me. That's why they have plenty of time for Missouri to pass this, and I think they will. Whether it's now, whether it's a year from now, whatever, it's gonna it will happen. get done. It, it will get yeah. done. It, it, they're delaying the inevitable and well, losing revenue. Well, I think there's a lot of states looking at how much revenue these states are getting because of it. They just got to stop throwing in other things. Yeah, well, that's, that's what's yeah, clouding it up. And you're not getting the votes because yeah. you're throwing other things involved in it. Oh, you mean you mean they're making this political? Of course, right? Everything is. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> just pass it for the gamblers, man. It. Yeah, just pass it. Is this something that you would partake in? Uh, I'm not so much a big gambler, but I would if if I'm going to go to a casino, I'd rather go do some sports betting than than actually use a machine of any kind. So yeah, I mean yeah. The thing is, you could do it now, just not on sports. Yeah, you can go down there and play in cards. You could play in roulette. You know, you could go red, black, or green on roulette, or you can guess a team going over or under. What's what's really the difference? They're, they're making this way more complicated of a process than it really needs to be. But what's really the difference? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Not, there is no difference. If you don't want to gamble, don't gamble. Gamble is gambling. I think no one's got a gun to your head saying go down and bet five hundred bucks. I mean, if you're worried about somebody in their gambling habits and doing it, well, they could do it now. If they can go down that one, spend a thousand bucks at a casino on the way home, Julio, you could stop on your way home and drop fifteen hundred bucks if you wanted to, uh, and walk home with nothing. Yeah, that's why I don't bet. Or you could double it, and then just go back the next week and lose it all. You know what I'm saying? It's a temporary loan. But have the money, have the budget. And then play with it. Have a separate fund, whatever you want. Don't lose more than you can afford to lose. It's that simple. Whether it's sports, whether it's anything else, don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Have that uh, gambling hotline ready to go. I mean, it's that simple. But in sports radio, I mean, it's something we talk about all the time. We talk about injuries. We evaluate games forever. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Yes, we're wrong a lot. Probably right more than you're wrong. In the gambling world, that's good. You don't think people pay attention to sports shows, and if you watch the national shows, they throw things in there like the odds and over-under, stuff like that. They're doing that more and more lately, and you care more about who's hurt who's not hurt. Well, You pay attention to it. Don't we have an entire station dedicated to 
Betting Sports Radio. And we've got BetQL. We've got BetQL. Right? A whole radio station dedicated and to Alex that. Alex Gold does the show there every week. That's, I think that's Levine right. does some over there, they too. They do, on the weekends. So, I mean, get over yourselves and just pass the damn bill. People pay attention to it more. I mean, I know a lot of people like doing this. I mean, after all, people do it on the Super Bowl all the time, whether it's money or whether they're betting something else. It's it's oh, become yeah, a part of what it is. Those, especially those, you know, those little prop bets for the Super Bowl and that kind of yeah. people love that it's stuff. It's what man. fantasy football is. People it's essentially that. gambling. Yeah. Whether you put a hundred bucks in the pot or fifty bucks in the pot at work when you're doing your fantasy football team, you're gambling. Yeah. Let me let me go put uh, twenty dollars down on the over under for the uh, national anthem. When you're betting the five bucks or right. ten bucks in the office pool for the NCAA tournament, you're betting. Yeah. You're gambling. So, however you want to call it, that's what it is. But I mentioned that uh, I had some fun stuff on the schedule release for the NFL because the same keeps getting better. Got an email from the NFL today. This stuff gets wild. I'll explain next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.